Full moon, fellows, and quasar queens. Tighten up your Kuiper belt. Clean out the dark matter from your carpet. And remember, when exploring Uranus, a deep probe should bring up organic matter. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's time to talk tall to me. Beep. 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 We're approaching Uranus. <laughs> Welcome back, I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I'm still Nick McGill. Together we are feckless momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. An untethered spacewalk, dangerously close to the event horizon of Progrock, in which Neutrino Field Nick and Obliquity Omen will focus our massive arrays on every single celestial song that retrograde rock band Jethrotal has ever off-gassed into our solar system. We will map the constellations of Chris Ellis. We will witness David Pegg, a brown dwarf. And we will investigate the depths of Martin Barr's black hole. And if we can interpret the cryptic symbols on this golden space disk sent by the Scotsman of the Solar Winds, Ian Absolute Zero Anderson, then perhaps we will find out that life does indeed exist outside our solar system, perhaps even on that dirty barren rock known only as England. <laughs> Nobody lives there. Someday someone will move there. They'll be the first. I mean, they're, they're planning on moving people to England eventually. But I say, why not fix up our We've our got so planet. many problems on Earth. Yeah. Why bother with England? Yeah, exactly. Spend the money to fix the this planet. Yeah. Did you catch my David Pegg, a brown dwarf joke? David Pegg? No. I mean, I heard the brown dwarf part. We'll watch David Pegg, a brown dwarf. We'll watch David Pegg, a brown <sighs> dwarf. You missed it in time. I'm so, I'm so upset. This episode is canceled. We've had this discussion on the on on the discord before that you your mind works at a filth level that that just supersedes mine by by exponents like i can't even process whenever it comes to to dirty jokes i think oh it was our newest patron thick as a ralph is just go, getting through the uh, the war child and okay. he was about halfway through and he's like backdoor angels guys come on and then you made the reference about backdoor angels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh and and i i i freely admitted i i just my my brain does not work that way i am i'm chaste and innocent yes 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 well <laughs> as we get into the filth of today's episode mm -hmm. what do we what song do we have to look forward to so we are in that that liminal space in between the two sides, depending on which version of the album you are listening to, which form of media you are listening to. This is track number seven, Astronomy. Wow, we're sort of on the, the quantum flip. It depends which side of the record it's on. Yeah. Depending on the viewer, depending on the observer. If you are, you're just on the cusp of being sucked into the black Ooh. hole, this astronomy, Ooh. just, just on the cusp, astronomy is just about to turn into spaghetti. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, as we spaghettify ourselves, let's have a listen to this song by, funnily enough, Jethro Tull. Oddly enough. Called Astronomy. And Nick, you know, you can't spell astronomy without me. You can't, though. It's it's a why. It's Let's have a listen. <laughs> Spaghettification begins. You were making quite some faces there. I um you had a face journey as the kids say. This song took me for a a, a trip, Nick. It's a good song. It's a lot of fun. And it is a journey. It is a journey. It's an astronomical journey. It's a journey of galactic proportions, emotionally speaking. Yes. Where do we even start with this? Is this is this a song that you are super familiar with? 
I mean, in so much as I'm familiar with under wraps, you know, it's it's when I listen to the album, it's there. So, I mean, that's that's really the extent of it. I mean, this album, this album was the one that I was least familiar with. Sure. Just by virtue of drum machine synth and spy concept. You've listened to this album only only rarely then. A handful of times, but it's it's never been the like, I need to listen to some Tull. Let's jump in. It's more like a comet that that once every 86 years it comes by your the orbit of your Earth. Yeah. You look at it in the sky, you see its tail. It portends perhaps death. It's Haley's Comet, yeah. It's Haley Bop. It's Haley Bop. Hail Bop. Was that was Hail Bop was not Haley's Comet, right? They no, were different different Bop. Different Bop, different, different planet. cult, different Kool-Aid. Speaking of Bops and maybe cults, this song. This song is a Bop. I get why both Ian and Martin are like so quick to praise the Martin's guitar work in this album. I know, I know. It's it's really, really excellent. I mean, just the very first sound that we hear is Martin. Uh, I mean, again, coming out with a sound that we have never heard before. Yeah, is it what is from it? him? The, the slide down the neck, right? It's a slide down the neck, or rather, it's a slide. I think up the neck. Oh, and maybe then back yeah. down. Wow! With some crazy overdrive and maybe some pedal action going on. Yeah. It took me a second to realize that it wasn't the synthesizer making those sounds. Mm. Yeah, he's he's going for it. If you said, well, I mean, I did read it. I read it that both both from Ian and Martin that like, oh, this is such a good guitar song. I'm sorry, a good guitar album. Yeah. Never in a million years would I have been like, yeah, you know what? It probably is just because it's so couched in that electric feel, but... I think we said a couple of episodes ago that he there's a freedom there that allows Martin to really go kind of crazy and it it really is showing. And he's he's great in the past, he's going to be great in future albums, but there's something really special here. He's really breaking the laws of Newtonian musical physics. Non-Newtonian guitar? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't hold its shape. Unless you're rocking out with it. It only exists when it's being played. Otherwise, it simply is is non-existent. Well, it, w- would that be more Schrodinger's guitar? It's string theory, Nick. Okay. <laughs> I I have a confession to make. Uh, they do make shots for it, so oh, it should go away quickly. Goodness. Okay, right. I have another confession okay. to make. Okay, go, go ahead. I forgot... For a couple of seconds, that the drumming was being created by a drum machine. It's crazy hectic enough. In a good way, you know. I mean, the the first couple of songs off of this album, it's like, what's going on? But this one, there there's some sort of cohesiveness. There's a cohesion to it that the craziness of all of the different pieces it's not it doesn't kind of tear you apart in every angle it all works together to get you to go in one direction and that allows for the drum machine to to fit in fluidly as opposed to it sticking out like a sore thumb i i agree i also really think that that our ears are adapting to it the more we listen i think you're right i genuinely think you're right yeah absolutely oh there's a couple of other i mean just amazing details of this song but overall i feel like this is jethro tull's pop album it really is if if you have to to classify an album a tull album as pop and we never would i i wouldn't dare to but if you twisted my arm but having said that we're going to now do exactly that thing and and that's what it is yeah yeah this is quite poppy absolutely in the best way. I mean, is it just because we we lack the third tier intellect to be able to classify this? So we're kind of, we're stretching for the term here, you know? No, I think that we are accurately observing with our, with our telescope. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Treat, please. That... 
a number of pop elements are actually being used in this song. Right, right. And in this album that that really haven't been used or haven't been used in the same way so far in the Tall canon. I'm thinking for instance of the the kind of hiccup Oh, yes. singing, the sort of astronomy. Yeah, and his would you, would you classify this might not fit in a, a pop feel, but just his vocal ejaculations here that are he's that it's not just this song i mean he does it all throughout this album and it's something that i really do love but in this one it's really prominent that like in between it's during the astronomies it's during the chorus it's it's so much fun it's you know a little bit and forgive me for making this comparison but it's a little like Michael Jackson, the king. Oh, of sure, pop. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, in a very, very different way. But it's you know, it is that technique which we at in this era mm-hmm. are hearing from the Jack Michael Jack Michael Jackson. Was that a question? When was Michael Jackson really coming to prominence as a as a solo artist? Let's see. This is what eighty eighty four eighty four. Yeah. Oh, he's he's well in the limelight now. Exactly as I suspected. Also, the um, PJV on the synth is doing some runs that really fit into the the pop rock vibe of the era. That's less, you know, rock and roll for the greasers. Right. And more kind of like, you know... Post post punk new wave pre club kid kind of vibe. It's really really fun. To go back to Michael Jackson in 1984, Thriller won eight Grammys. Oh, there you are. Exactly. So there you are. Yeah, he was like right at his prime. Also, speaking of prime, and I'm not talking about the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Ian is singing. We've observed this already. Higher. Oh yeah. Than we've ever heard him before. He's I would say that Ian is really a kind of a a, a baritone with a with somewhat of a tenor range in general. And he is singing in full tenor yeah. territory here. He's really, really, really pushing it at this point. It sounds great for where it is, but also because of that, I one thousand percent understand why he ended up kind of blowing out his voice during the 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 tour. He's at the perihelion of his vocal orbit. The apogee? The Icarusian, the Icarusonian height. Yes, he's he's up there and unfortunately the only other way is down. Parallax. I'm now just reading off of the list of astronomical terms that I pulled up. That is the godlike embodiment of fear in the Green Lantern story that Sinestro keeps embodied in him. Oh, I love Sinestro. Yes, also it is the shift of a nearby object against a fixed background due to its movement of the due to the movement of the observer. For the record, Omen was reading off of Wikipedia. I knew my fact. <laughs> I am Wikipedia. <laughs> So other things that we have in this song, mm-hmm. there is in between, speaking of Martin, in between the verse which begins, Miss Galileo, come with me, and the verse which begins, my spectacles, my white lab coat, mm-hmm. there is kind of a musical breakdown. And Martin has a a 30-second note run. Yeah. And that's something that we hear a little bit more, that I associate a bit more with albums like .com. Hmm, interesting. So it's really fascinating to hear him start to play with that here and hear that he's already a- a- attained this this level of hypermastery and precision. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep going back to this. He's 
he's gained a, a, a certain freedom here and maybe he's experimenting. Maybe this is a sound that he has wanted to play with for a while, but it hasn't really fit. And this kind of has opened up for him. There's also, speaking of the kind of pop element, there is a, you know, if you think about um, Sting and the Police, mm-hmm. what's that song that goes, dun, 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 Right. So with Sting and the Police, Don't Stand So Close to Me, there's a certain vocal quality with the harmonies that are high. And it's got this this kind of very upbeat bass line underneath. And it, it is in that same vibe. And especially when we get to toward the end of Astronomy, we have Ian going, wow, wow. Not exactly those notes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? He's doing sort of an ah, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa thing. Which is very, very poppy. Mm, mm-hmm. And it makes me want to call him poppy. Hi, poppy. You know what I mean, though? It's very fun. It's very up. It's yeah. Very upbeat. It's uplifting. It's it's uh, fragrant. Yeah, there there is a lightness. There is a positivity to this song. There's, I feel, I don't know if it's like actually mechanically sound, but there is a point where at about one thirty when the sound changes a little bit i don't i don't think it goes from from minor to major or anything but when he when the as the cat walks alone part maybe it's just a a shift in key or something maybe it's just a key change but it it gets lighter and brighter and it and it feels happier to me well one thing that happens is the, 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 the drum machine doubles its time. So it's going dum, 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 but daka dum, dum, dum. And then when it changes, it goes daka, daka, bum, bum, dum, 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 dum. So that's a little bit of a, of a technique th- that is used by musicians and, and composers to great effect where you can keep the tempo exactly the same, mm. but by doubling the, you know, by changing from quarter notes to, to Eighth notes, for instance, or eighth notes to sixteenth notes, you give the feeling that the song is speeding up and going somewhere and brightening. Yeah. I think they also are adding in another instrument there. The synth definitely comes in really bright right there. Mm-hmm. I think that might mm-hmm. be it. Yeah, it's very skillful. And in that, it's dotted throughout the the song as a whole. But in that particular clip we just listened to, we heard some great example of the doubling up of vocals. Hmm. Ian singing, and I think Peggy going up in falsetto. Even mm. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's Ian back there, um, and it's nice. The I just I really do enjoy. I don't mind it when Ian does his his pseudo harmonies, but it really is nice to hear an additional voice in there. It's great. I th- this song is a standout for me on this album so far, and this album is actually a standout for me in the last several. It's pretty good. Yeah, it really is. One more note for me, just a little bit further on at about 140, we get into kind of the bridge area with the, with Martin just shredding yes, to, yes. to high hell, but also the, the synth going on in the background with like this pseudo horn uh-huh, thing uh-huh. going on. I think we mentioned the horns before, but it's, it's silly, but it also sounds really good. It really works and it yeah. gives this era of like 2001 Space Odyssey. It's got an unexplored territory feeling to it. It's a lot of fun. It works. I thought it was there's a place for us at first, and then I realized what it was. <laughs> there's a place for us. It's space. Woo! My gosh, West Side Story in in space. Space. Yeah, that's it's called Star Wars. <laughs> West Side Nebula. 
The jets are actual jets. They're jets, yeah. The yeah. sharks are super intelligent sharks. Yeah, they're space sharks. Space yeah. sharks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of space sharks, Nick, anything else to say musically about this delightful, brilliant song? Just the the kind of astronomy call and answer, masturbatory call and answer that Ian does to, with himself at the very end. Astronomy, astronomy, astronomy. Just back and forth. It's just fun. It's a good way it's to great. end. And then it ends with a solid astronomy. 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 One thing that I neglected to think about saying before I asked you if you had anything else to say. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> this is the, we discussed this a couple episodes ago, but this is one of the albums, this is one of the only albums where a large number of the songs are credited to more writers than just Ian. Yeah. A lot of them credited, partially at least, to Peter John Vitesse. Yeah. Vitesse, Vitesse. With one song to Martin, is that right? Most of it. That sounds right. Everything else is PJV, I think, yeah. I wonder if some of that pop, you know, Ian has described Peter as someone who's really, you know, in this period, really figuring out the future how to not you know not only how to keep playing this brilliant music but how to produce it Mm -hmm. and i wonder if some of this kind of like dragging into the modern era is is due to the influence of pjv due to the collaboration between pjv and ian i think that's what it is ian having a penchant for really wanting to try the new stuff whether it's an instrument or a sound or whatever coupled with finding the right collaborator in pjv who also as you said and and ian has said he had a mind for production at that point he was looking forward to production yeah so i can definitely see it's kind of this perfect collection this convergence of all of these pieces at the right time to get us this specific sound indeed i and i i like it i like it i'm glad you do i got it for you thank you it's not even my birthday Nope, special treat. Nick, let's float over into the observational copula and take a break. The Francis Ford copula? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go. So this week, we have no notes. We have no correspondence. However, we do have a pretty big news update Yeah, we do. At the point of release, it may be old news to our listeners, but it is new news to us, and we would like to share our excitement about that news. Oh, look, Nick. I can see my house. Oh. Oh. Wow. It's a lot smaller than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's small from up here. So... I'm going to spit on it. (laughs) The news... Don't roll down the window, whatever you do. (laughs) The news is, Nick, we had it straight from the social medias of one Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull. That is correct. Thank you to whatever sweet, sweet person dropped this in the Discord. Another advantage to Discord, if you don't have access to social media or you choose not to have access to social media like I do, our collective shares this kind of news. So that's how I learned about it, which is Kind of a digital fires of Gondor. There it is. That's exactly what I would call it. Yeah. But as of September 17th, Jethro Tull official Instagram account says, Official news in from Warner's Music. This year marks the 40th anniversary of the Broadsword and the Beast album, and we have two excellent sets coming your way. Unfortunately, due to some delays in manufacturing and vinyl, they won't be here until next summer and won't make the 40th anniversary. But there's plenty planned before then, so stay tuned. Apologies, but the huge amount of bonus material should make the wait worth it. Huge amount of bonus material, do you say? We we knew that coming in. We knew uh, he dropped that on... Oh gosh, was it this the the Left Sets interview last winter or so, he 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 made a it, it wasn't even an illusion. He said flat out it's at least 10 tracks about maybe half of which we we haven't even heard before. I feel like it's been we've had unconfirmed unofficial reports such as, you know, dropping 
statements and interviews, but this is mm-hmm. a bit more, this makes it feel more real. Yes, absolutely. That it is, it is an official, officially licensed Jethro Tull blue check mark. Everybody trusts that blue check mark. Would you like a bag of tea? Yes. Do I have to eat it? I'm bringing you a straw from across the station, Master Nick. Did you pack her into carry-on? I don't think I, we were... I don't know how she got here. Wow. I didn't have a spacesuit, so I just wore all my skirts. <laughs> just, just held your breath? <laughs> I've got higher lungs from my grandmother. That's that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah that's... Her grandmother was one of the first beasts in space. They they actually based the aqua lung, the iron lung, on her. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's really impressive. I've got an appointment in Salisbury. I'll be blasting off now. Wow. Self-propelled. That's just... She's a, just a one high-class dame. She's like the water bear of... Scots ladies of indeterminate age. I, I just imagine a, a water bear in the Mrs. Doubtfire getup. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the tea and the bag of tea is still hot. Here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Stick your straw in there. If we have any artists listening, please, please, please send a water bear in Mrs. Doubtfire getup to moms at fecklessmoms.com. Please. And we will send you a hot bag of tea. A hot bag of tea. Nick, any other news as we are floating around in the Interprog Rock Space Station? That is it. For updates, let's get into content. Guess what I've done in my spacesuit during the time that we've been talking? Oh, gosh. Something with bodily fluids. It filters it out. That's, that's where we got the tea. Oh, great. Yeah. All right, we are back from space. We are back on terrestrial podcast territory. We are going to talk content of astronomy. Astronomy, astronomy. The middle lane has trapped my car in red light, in red light claustrophobia. Nick, this is an interesting kind of starting place for this song that where this song begins and where it ends you know you said in the beginning it's a journey wow is it ever there's a lot going on with this that i'm excited to unpack yeah what do you make of this first verse it's the first steps of this journey really you know there are several things it makes me have several thoughts when one is stuck in traffic which is as anyone who drives knows a pretty frustrating experience. Correct. The mind is under pressure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that pressure, we can either choose to become just kind of enraged at the, the situation, or we can try escapism. You know, for a lot of people, that means listening to podcasts or listening to music mm-hmm. or fantasizing about all kinds of things. You know, see, example, Pussy Willow. Right. In this case, my immediate dry read of it is this uh, singer is stuck in traffic and under the tension of the moment they exit the world and take a little mental trip amongst the stars but the other thing that this makes me think is about the song orion Ooh, interesting okay orion from stormwatch from stormwatch not that far back no. Definitely a different, a very different topic, or at least a very different song. But in Orion, you know, the singer kind of removes himself from the day-to-day and the, the you know, all the social interactions that happen on Earth and kind of forms this more enduring relationship with the constellations. Okay. In this one, I feel like it goes a step farther where it the singer, you know, just completely detaches from the earth and almost goes on this imaginary journey. I mean, who hasn't thought while you're in traffic of like being able to press a secret button on your car and it turns into a helicopter or rocket and you blast off? I think about that all the time. Yeah, that's that's and that's pretty apt in terms of the the spy feel as well. You know, the sure. little, the the jettison ejection seat. Yeah, even though I do think it's you know it's it's fantasy. Oh, uh, that too. Yeah. I slip the shackles, cut the rope, 
stand naked with a telescope. I slip the shackles, cut the rope, stand naked with the telescope. So, yeah, I think going back to Orion, Orion is clearly a, a terrestrial observation. This is this is that out of body experience. He's he is floating up into space to to observe the stars, but it's not as like as personal as Orion is. It's it's more of a clinical thing. It feels like he's we've got science terms left and right in here. It goes back and forth. It's interesting. You know, there is a sensuality to this. Stand naked with a telescope. Quasar at the kissing gate. Quasar at the kissing gate. Yeah. Oh, f- fun little thing. What's a kissing gate? That's a that's a British that's a a British thing that is not really a thing in here in America. Do you know? I don't know it. No. It's a gate that anyone who lives in England would be really familiar with. But it's a it's a gap in a fence where you have one fence piece sort of slotting into two other fence pieces so that a human can go zoop zoop and walk through it by taking this little S-shaped path. Huh. Okay. But a cow couldn't get through. Oh, interesting. Because it can't make that turn. Yeah. Yeah, their wheels get stuck. Their wheels get stuck. <laughs> it's a real wheel, real wheel drive cows. Yeah. I just, it's, it's worth the investment. Get a four-wheel drive cow. But also, you know, we have the appearance of a cat in this song, and I have started couple of times, yeah, to learn or associate cat imagery in Ian Anderson lyrics with femininity, sensuality, mm, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though the cat is masculine here, it is a male cat. Now the cat he walks alone under a big sky. There is still that that sensuality, though. If for no other reason than the fact that Ian has has thus far imbued the cat imagery with that, it's kind of difficult to pull it away from that. Even, you know, I mean, this is maybe a bit of a stretch, but black hole dressing on a salad plate. Black hole dressing on salad plate. There's a lot of imagery in there and a lot of words that hint at a kind of sexuality. I think that might be a play on black dress even. Sure. You know, and if the black dress is on a salad plate, it's not on the person wearing the dress. Right, right. Maybe. Also, umbrella dome pinpricked with lights. Umbrella dome pinpricked with lights. That's, you know, on the one hand, a very beautiful description of a night sky, but an Mm. umbrella, you can only see that if you, you know, if you're holding it above yourself and it sort of invites it creates a space that invites someone else in there Mm, yeah for anyone else to be able to see it they need to be pressed in there with you miss galileo come with me and view the new astronomy Mm -hmm. miss galileo come with me and view the new astronomy yeah stop step under my um umbrella interesting yeah a a a that's a Rihanna song. Under my umbrella. Yeah, I no, know. very good. I know. So the first, the first half of the I song, know who Rihanna is. <laughs> she does the makeup. Riri, with according to her friends. So the first half of the song is. This slightly, this, it could be taken out of context. It doesn't terribly fit with our spy feel. But I think we kind of get a a bit of a twist once we get into the spectacles and the white lab coat and we get the keys to the secrets of the observatory. My spectacles, my white lab coat, my coffee thermos and my notes. I pat my pocket, got the keys to the secrets of the I think then we can kind of maybe place this in our our spy our spy fiction. Yeah, there's also you know there there totally is you know then we kind of get into like Moonraker territory like we hinted at a couple episodes ago. Yes, right. But also even if you go back to Lap of Luxury, there's this kind of you know we talked about Lap of Luxury as perhaps a a Pussy Willow like boring you know frustrating life where the person is dreaming of living this, you know, this uh, high-paced jet-setting lifestyle of a spy. 
Which is the rest of the album. Which is the entire rest of the album. Yeah. This is almost that in a microcosm. Where, you know, you have a person stuck in traffic and they're like, oh my god, what if I was a spaceman? Yeah, maybe maybe he's got Ziggy Stardust on the radio and it, and it inspires him. And, and maybe this is one of those instances where it pulls us back to to remember hey this is actually this is actually what's happening it's this guy fantasizing now speaking of fantasizing nick yeah i will lead into this theory by telling you something about the french which you may find interesting very intrigued already continue at the initial astronomical conference where the idea of what we call a black hole was floated the conference happened to be held in France. Okay. Some of this story, I assure you, is in fact factual. <laughs> I will let you decide what the facts are. <laughs> <laughs> and the translator was being presented, you know, the, pres- the presenter was presenting in English or German or something. And, uh, and when they got to the bit about, and we, you know, and, and now what we have, we've, we've created this model where no light can escape this singularity, and we call it a black hole. The translator translated that directly into French and... The French delegates all were so incensed by this term that they demanded a new term be created for black hole in French. Because if you translate black hole into French directly, un trou noir, it has a hypersexualized connotation. Interesting. Which I think you can guess what it means. Butthole. A bruised hole, like a black eye, right? Like you punched no. someone. Well, it might be bruised. <laughs> Depends on your Saturday evening plans. And I really, I, I know we've already talked about the fact that, you know, my my filthometer is much more sensitive than yours. Right, right. Mine only goes to four. Yours is has an extender on it to get up to like at least 17. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, my specialty is detecting, you know, the fine modulations in the filth field. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of think that this song is about the butt sex, Nick. That's so it's it's backdoor angels is what you're saying. It's backdoor angels, but in the universe. And and I and I have several <laughs> proofs for this. Okay. I I will humor you more than usual. Let go on. I'm gonna start from the end. Hey, <laughs> expand my universe, head for the Big Bang. Reach for my switch and shout. Expand my universe, oh, head for the Big Bang. Reach for my switch and shout. That's clearly naughty. That triggers the four. I, I get that on my meter. I can touch what I see, see, see. I look in wonder, I feel no shame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can touch what I can see, see, see. I look in wonder, feel no shame. Yeah, see, I think this, I, filth aside, I think this Miss Galileo, this you, I think Svetlana comes back into the picture now at this point. And, and maybe they... And they're having a tryst and... In the butt. Wherever, wherever it is that you, Ian has said, wherever the characters are having sex, it's open to your interpretation. <laughs> even if we go, I par- that's a paraphrase. <laughs> even if we go to the very first couple of lines, and and even before that, we have as as astronomy. <sighs> that's true. Even if we have the first line, the middle lane has trapped my car in red oh. light. Claustrophobia. The middle lane has trapped my car in red light claustrophobia. Nick, it doesn't take a filthmonger like myself to figure out that perhaps one is talking about PIV intercourse here. I stand naked with a telescope. Stand naked with the telescope. But Nick, what does a telescope do? Extend? It extends. It extends. <laughs> Correct, Nick. It does extend. <laughs> it does extend. And he's standing naked with a, an extended telescope. And it points up. It points up to the heavens yes. or to the to the darkness. I mean, there's so much, Nick, that I just feel like Against the dark so thin and white. Against the dark so thin and white. Yeah, I mean I mean I hate to admit it. I begrudgingly admit it, but you're right. 
even when we get to the kind of spectacle and lab coat section, it's kind of like, you know, let's say that regardless, and this is where, you know, where I love the work of Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull so much is because it does, even when it's possibly having these really filthy interpretations, it also works on another level. So, yeah. you know, if we do have this, the bespectacled white lab coat coffee and thermos going to be up all night, you know, observing the secrets of of the universe, kind of the clean side of it, which totally works and it could very well be. Mm-hmm. It also is, you know, if this is a new experience for the singer, doing it in le butt, as the French say. <laughs> le but. Then perhaps there is that that kind of, that like, wow, you know, this is a real experiment. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going into unknown territory here. I think if this is the case, I do have to give credit to Ian for, for the the multi-layered and veiled poetry because like you said he it is not just like talking about wieners and butts you know no no but it's also like it's there's plausible deniability here it's not like acdc's i've got big balls like it's there's like that's is that an actual acdc song yeah huh. yeah it's good for them but it is couched in the oh i'm not I, i'm not saying anything dirty at all the first verse, well, I'm rather upper class high society, God's gift to ballroom notoriety, and I always fill my ballroom. The event is never small. The social pages say I've got the biggest balls of all. Yeah, okay. And the chorus, I've got big balls, I've got big balls. They're such big balls, and they're dirty big balls. And he's got big balls, and she's got big balls, mm-hmm. but we've got the biggest balls of them all. Well, I'm upper, upper class high society. God's gift to ballroom notoriety. And I always fill my ballroom. The event is never small. The social pages say I've got the biggest balls of all. I've got big balls. I've got big balls. They're such big balls. And they're fancy big balls. And he's got big balls. And she's got big balls. I do know that song. Now yeah. that you now that you read me the lyrics, I am familiar with it. Yeah. And that is wonderful and beautiful and and kind of camp almost. Yes, exactly. You know, wink wink, yeah, I'm saying the thing, but I'm 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 saying it in a way that you, that you're in on the joke. Yeah, because it's so stupid. Just barely. You're awake, which means you're in on the joke. You can hear this. <laughs> so you're right. in on the joke. Yeah. Right, you have a first grade reading level. <laughs> But astronomy, if indeed there is this kind of analysis that can be taken with it. Did you hit that emphasis specifically? Was that... Did I hit it hard enough? And <laughs> I'm just going to leave the booth. You, you, you wrap this one up. I don't think I've ever seen you so dejected. <laughs> but you really have to dig for it here. It doesn't leap out at you. You do, right. Like, I never in a million years would have thought of this. Never in a million light years would I have I've come up with this. But but once you see it, there it is, staring at you with its one good eye. Don't just stare at it. Eat it. Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. <laughs> to, quote, to quote American Psycho. What, with my tongue in your tail? I mean, and, and that's what's so great about, you know, like, the poets like Ovid and, you know, all the really great poets of the world, they say something that is at the same time so brilliantly, celestially gorgeous and also is literally about people's junks. People's junks. The junks of the populace. Yeah. The hoi polloi. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nick, anything else to jam into this interpretation, or shall we slide our way out of this conversation? For my comfort and the sake of this relationship, I think we need to move on. <laughs> Let's clench the portal of this conversation shut and go recover. Astronomy, 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 astronomy. Astronomy. Omen. Dear Omen. Nick. What are we talking next week? 
From the hot to the cold, I believe that next week we are talking about Tundra. Tundra it is. Nothing sexy about that. Off to the Arctic, unless you got to stay warm in the same sleeping bag as someone else. Oh. Body heat. (laughs) Until next week, my coffee, thermos, oh, and my notes say that you should subscribe to our Patreon to get access to two additional podcasts a month. Outtake Tall to Me and Feckless, a potpourri of chicanery. And, of course, our Discord server, all for the measly price of just $5 a month. That was great. I have nothing to add. All right. Great. Until next week, I am standing naked with a telescope, Omen Thomas said. I am against the dark, so thin and white, Nick McGill. We hope to expand your universe and whatever else you might have, the feckless momes. And this is Slipping the Shackles, Cutting the Rope. Talk tall to me. Uh, beginning, uh, beginning detached sequence firing retro thrusters. Copy. Uh, Lunar Module Eagle, do you copy? Uh, Lunar Module, this is Michael Collins. Lunar Module Eagle, please copy. Oh, oh, uh, sorry, Command Module Columbia. This is, uh, this is Buzz Aldrin coming in. We were just busy playing a, playing a game. I just kicked Neil's ass. Uh, copy that, Buzz. Uh, my, my condolences to Mr., uh, to Captain Armstrong. Uh, I've got uh, I've got your readings clear here. Um, I see that you are descending toward the lunar surface of a rate of thirty six hundred meters per uh, per minute. Can you confirm with your equipment? That looks about right. I have to get the tiers out of the way. That's right. Yes, Neil, stop crying. Okay, yes, we are good to go. We're good to go, Michael. Yep. Great. Good. I have you. Uh, have you touching down in about uh, in about a minute and a half? Uh, what's the view like there? Uh, what's the view like there, lunar module? It's it's actually wow. I it's actually surprisingly lush on the moon. Uh, can you confirm? Did you say lush on the moon, Lem? Yeah. Yeah. Michael, I don't think you're gonna gonna believe this, but but it's I, I see like like palm trees. Copy. Yeah, it's it's lush. I mean, there's I guess the the sun really does uh, does reach hit the moon, keeps it warm. I mean, there's a there's a pool. I see. Wow. Yeah. Uh, copy. Copy. Pool. Um, I'm uh, I'm experiencing uh, regret. Right now, at uh, not being on the lunar module, I, I really it's pretty pretty lonely and cold up here on the on the command on the command module. Um, uh, Lem, I have you touching down in in the next ten seconds. Please brace for landing. Bracing, Michael. We are in position. We are holding, and we are ready. Touching down in three, two, one. Um. Confirm. Did you bring your snacks with you? Because uh, all all I have up here is a couple of uh, couple of dried corn kernels. I'm gonna be up here for like 21 hours. Oh yeah. Did you take all the ice cream with you? Oh, out. Yeah, we definitely took all of the ice cream with us. Um, in case we ran into any lunar aliens, we obviously need something to barter with. So, uh, copy that. Yeah, that's um, that's no problem. I'll just uh. I'll just see these corn these corn modules here by myself. Um, did you check my tape deck as well? Yes, yes, we absolutely did. We've got we've got this. Was we needed we needed the energy? We needed the 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 excitement. I mean, we're the ones doing all the work. Let's be honest, Michael. Uh, copy copy that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just journal about my feelings up here uh, by myself. Uh, lunar module. Lunar module, come in. Uh, yes, Michael. What? Did you take my fucking pen? Out. Well, yeah. How are we gonna take notes? Copy that. <coughs> 
Neil, can you get a load of this guy? He is ridiculous. I cannot believe we got stuck with such a wiener. Uh, Litter module, your mic channel is still open. Just, just confirm that I heard all that nonsense that you said. Oh, um, I mean, we and, were... and you know what? I uh, please confirm. I didn't even want to go to the moon anyway. It's uh, I heard it's stupid down there. Copy over. Oh yeah, the I mean, these bikini-clad women are just so stupid. So um, stupid. I'm having trouble getting your your video feed. Can you can you uh, can you show me any images of the bikini-clad uh, selenite women down there? Over. I I it must I don't know. There must be something interfering with the camera. I don't know. They're they're they're. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're they're very handsy, so they might have like knocked something loose. Uh, lunar module, uh, Michael Collins, Captain Collins. I uh, just wanted to confirm that you are a fucking asshole. Out, and uh, also I have a report uh, coming in from 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 base that uh, that you can go and stick it where the solar flares never uh, produce radiation. Over. That's. Did- do you, you get the irony on that, Neil? Like he's the one on the other side of the moon where he doesn't get it. So, uh, just just uh, confirming that your channel is still open wow. there, Captain. Yeah. Captain, uh, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. And you know, and you know, another thing. Shh, over. Shh, um, just just want to confirm before I go to the dark side of the motherfucking moon up here by myself with these goddamn corn kernels and no freaking ice cream. That talk tall to me is a proud member of the audio network. Wow, that took way longer than I wanted it to. Boy. All right, Neil, let's uh, pick up some rocks, I guess. And um, what should we tell him when he comes back? Uh, they are very handsy. I like that idea. Uh, oh, there's like maybe they bring us our charcuterie board. No, that would be good. He's, I know he likes his, his salted meats. And um, Oh, and his mom's here. We can say his mom got here somehow. I know he misses his mom a lot. Didn't she die like three years ago? Yeah, that'll really do it to him. Yeah. 